My house sits in the middle of a row of terraced houses in Sydney's inner west. It's not a big, grand, echoing old house. It's a worker's cottage. Single storey, two bedroom. It has a long straight corridor that leads through to the lounge and the kitchen. And there's a bathroom at the back. It's cosy, but it's also haunted. And this is a story of that haunting. What has happened and is continuing to happen at my little terraced house. Over the next few episodes, I will fill you in on life behind the wooden front door of my spooky house. Spooky house. Spooky house. neuters it, attenuates it, stops the full impact of the word dead. Saying Matt Damon is the safer option. Better than saying the D word, which just sends chills straight to my gut. Since the pendant incident, things have got pretty dark and I felt like I was battling against something big, something that was very dark and very vast. Something that felt like I was looking into a deep canyon, the deepest parts of which were unfathomable to me. I felt scared. I knew something had changed in the atmosphere around the house and that pendant session had potentially unleashed something into the atmosphere, something that was scary. I didn't know where it would end. It seemed to be too big to get rid of and I didn't know what would come next. I went to see a psychic. I felt I needed to. He read my cards. We had a bit of a chat. Not about the house. I didn't want to give that away. I wanted to see what he picked up on. But then he brought it up. What the hell is going on with your house? He asked. I'm not sure, I prompted, but I thought you might be able to help. I was excited that he'd picked it up. I hoped that he could quantify that blackness for me, help me contract it into something that was more manageable, easier to dispose of, more easy to defeat. He stared intently at me. I felt a tingling at the back of my head and neck. There's two protagonists there, he said. One was killed by the other and they're both still there. Apparently, he said, they're holding each other there in a macabre dance, a macabre scenario, reliving the moment when one life ended and two were cursed. Apparently, this is what spirits can do. They're the body in the hall, I thought. The heaviness that I sensed in that space, just near the two steps down from the lounge into the hall, had always bothered me. It was a place where old wood floorboards had been cut and replaced. 
the result of termite activity, I'd always thought, but maybe they were replaced because of another type of damage. Maybe it was damage caused by a spreading stain, a spreading stain of dark red pooling around a stiff body lying face down on the floor. I'd always sensed that this death had been an accident. It was an accidental king hit that had hit harder than it should have done. I knew that. I kept seeing it in my mind's eye. I'd felt it many times. Is he buried at the house? I asked the psychic. Personally, I'd have put money on it. I'd even started looking around at ground penetrating radar, but from what I'd read, it was by no means an exact science and I wouldn't even know how to start. The psychic shrugged disinterested. Perhaps, he said. It was clear that for the psychic, the presence of remains was not part of a picture that was important for them. For them, a dead body was like a cicada skin on a tree stump, dead and gone, static, while the fresh green cicada chirruped on elsewhere. Just as a spirit that might be released from the body could move around on its own. Well, what do I do? I asked the psychic. Get someone to clear your house, they said. I tried to put the psychic's comments to the back of my mind. I didn't know where to find somebody. Type psychic into Google and you get a plethora of people willing to give you a reading over the phone, online, in person, for free or for a fee. There's certainly a lot of them out there, but I'm more interested in understanding a bit more about what skills you need to do this well. Wikipedia defines a psychic as somebody who uses extrasensory perception, ESP, to identify information that is otherwise hidden from normal senses. There don't seem to be that many formal societies for psychics, but I found a few. The American Society for Psychical Research, which is called ASPA, and its Australian counterpart, as well as the UK's Society for Psychical Research. These seem more focused on examining claims of psychic and paranormal phenomena, rather than associations for psychics themselves. I could only find two of those, one was the International Psychics Association and one was the American Association of Psychics and Psychic Mediums. I had a little look on both of those sites. The International Psychics Association has a directory of psychics, so you can find a psychic on speed dial. There's also a guide to finding psychic guidance, which tells people to look for personal recommendations when choosing their psychic in the same way that one would choose a plumber or electrician. Apparently there are many different types of psychic. You have mediums or spirit communicators, readers of cards who use intuition and knowledge of their deck to provide practical advice, interpreting the cards as they would a storyboard. 
There's also the clairvoyant, one who has clear vision or the ability to see into the past and the future, because apparently past, present and future are all the same. While clairvoyant is a well-known term, there are actually a number of clair or clear abilities that people can possess. There's clairaudience, which is the ability to hear from spirit. Clairsentience, otherwise known as clairempathy, which is the ability to feel others' emotions and coins the term empath. There's also claircognizance, which is all about gut feeling, inner knowing and intuition. There's also clair abilities for smell and for taste, but they are far less common. Another psychic ability is to be able to read auras or invisible energy fields that surround everything. Different coloured auras can give you information about a person's future, past, present, health, outlook, emotional state. There seems to be a lot to learn. Apparently you can learn how to see auras yourself by holding your hand up against a white wall and focusing, well not focusing, half focusing on the edges of your skin and apparently an aura will appear. While people can possess these skills to an extraordinary extent, technically anyone who puts their mind to it can boost their powers in any direction they choose. Perhaps these are the latent abilities that kept us safe in ancient times. Tune in for the next episode where things start ramping up. The episode is called Candlestick for a reason. Have you ever seen a flying candlestick? We did. Sleep well, people.